in a world where there's only black or white, dark or light, wrong or right. There was this vast barren land, the gray area, where no one dared to enter. It was unknown to the people until one day, two brave souls leaped into the land of, of endless, endless possibilities. possibilities. Hello, we're your tour guides. I'm X squared the third. I'm X squared the second. And I'm X squared the first. And we welcome you to the gray area. Your ride will begin momentarily. Our third stop today is very, very special. We are going to be talking about mental health with a guest named Coco. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to the Gray Area Podcast. Um, I'm X squared the first, as you know. Today, we have a guest with us, our very first guest, which is very, very exciting. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, um, I'm Coco. <laughs> And um, I'm really, really excited to be on this podcast, um, just to like talk with everyone, uh, chat with all the X squareds, um, and yeah, it's going to be so fun. Great. Yeah. So, no, you go. <laughs> X squared second, you go. So basically, this podcast is just going to be us talking about mental health and our take on it as teenagers and how high school, our surrounding society, and everything just affects us and our mental health. So let's start. So I guess a basic kind of grounding, I know it may be kind of a weird question, but I guess to you, what is your own definition of mental health? Hmm, it's just, it's not only being like happy, but because a lot of times people say, oh, well, I'm happy, so I'm mentally healthy, but I think it means that not only you're happy, but you are in a position where you feel confident about yourself and about the future maybe. Um, and you don't, you don't, sure, you can have like little doubts here and there, but um, for the most part, like you're satisfied with who you are. Um, you don't like, how do you say, uh, bully yourself for any little mistakes you make or any problems that you uh, encountered in the past. And another big thing is for me being mentally healthy is um, not focusing too much on the past, but rather um, focusing what's, you know, what's to come, the future. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for like I searched up what mental health is and it basically says a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. And I guess mental health awareness per se is when you understand when you're mentally unstable or mm -hmm. uh, you're showing signs of a bad mental health per se. So you're like demoting yourself or criticizing yourself and that causes self-harm and stuff. And so I think a, a better topic to discuss would be like awareness and like how do you, how does one become aware when their mental health is degrading in a way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a tough topic to like for a lot of people to talk about because most of the time I feel like a lot of people they know that they're suffering from poor mental health but it's really really hard to face it it's really hard to just you know stand up to the problem and say okay I have to fix my mental health like I know I'm not doing well but a lot of people just want to like suppress it and they think it's easier for them easier to like not get hurt by just avoiding the problem which like I understand I used to do that a lot um but now no like the only way you're going to move past it um is by facing the problem yeah 
I think that's partially like even I used to suppress my feelings most of the time. Like I think it was more of I was scared to admit rather and I was like, uh, if I do admit, I don't know what to do with it because I was never taught how to get better per se. Like no one ever told me that mental health was like a really big deal and can affect your life so right. da- drastically. So I always just thought it, it's just a small thing that goes away. And like after coming to high school and especially with 2020 and COVID and stuff, you really like have time to think about yourself and think about where your mindset is at this point. So I think it helped me reflect. And that's when I realized that it was actually like a big deal. Mm -hmm. So I felt the same way about things like suppressing your feeling and not dealing with it. Cause like once you accept it, it becomes real and you have to face it. And sometimes you don't know how to face things. And like, you have to like be like, oh, like I feel these things. Now, what do I do with it? So what are some things you do Coco to, you know, get yourself out of that slump or that like downfall kind of phase? Um, there are many things that I do. Um, I'd say the most efficient one would be, and I, I say this all the time to myself, um, it's just a simple like phrase, a simple quote, um, don't make much ado about nothing. And actually I took that title um, from one of the Shakespearean books, Shakespeare's like books. It's called like much ado about nothing, but um, it's like, don't cry over spilt milk, right? It's every time I'm like, oh my God, I just wasted like an hour, I don't know, um, watching YouTube or, oh God, I, I, I like totally embarrassed myself in front of my teacher. And I tell myself, come on, don't make much ado about nothing. It's not a big deal, right? I tell myself over and over and over until I finally like, I accept it and I believe that I shouldn't, I, I mean, there's nothing to worry about, nothing to stress out about. Um, that's the main thing I do. And then the other thing is just telling myself you are allowed to have breaks. Like breaks are amazing for your mental health. And if, I mean, no one expects you to work hours without taking a break. That's just unrealistic. Everyone needs to take a break. It's, re- it's really, really helpful. Whether that means, I don't know, taking a walk or like watching YouTube or going on social media, it really doesn't matter as long as you're giving yourself some uh, relief and respite. Yeah. Yeah. I think X squared the second you mentioned how, you know, we try to like suppress those feelings and I still do. I still have periods where I try and suppress those feelings. It's kind of like a habit, but I remember just, I think the feeling of admitting that something's wrong, the word itself kind of feels like cringe. Maybe like you kind of wince because you're like, no, nothing can be wrong. You kind of convince yourself of that, that like, no, 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 I'm fine. Like, I think the word fine has become almost like a repellent against the word wrong. Oh, I should probably ask a question. <laughs> um, I think, so this is the one that I had where I was like, did you ever have a moment where you re- realized like, I need to talk about my mental health or I need to accept this? Was it maybe, you know, an article you read or if you're okay with talking about this, obviously um, your own personal struggles maybe? Yeah. Um... I definitely had a moment where I I knew that I had to face and talk about my mental health. And actually, that's how, you know, I got involved with the whole creating my own podcast thing. Um, Because when I I went through like a lot of body image issues throughout my life, um, and it was 
can't say it was stupid. Looking back, I'm like, I'm not gonna tell myself, I'm not gonna say, oh, you were so stupid to fuss about your your body. Like you were fine. You really didn't need to like uh, worry about it. No, I mean, everyone has, everyone like can worry about things that they need to worry about. No one, I mean, no topic is too small or too unimportant to be fussed over about. So um, I think um, when I, when I started my podcast, it was more of like, it was more uh, helping myself come to the realization that uh, by sharing your personal story, you're taking the, a huge step into finally embracing, like uh, embracing that pain from the past. You're, you're finally coming forward um, and you're improving in a, in a way. Yeah, I've had several, uh, a similar, I mean, not similar per se, but I've definitely had an issue where I'm like, okay, I can't take it anymore. My mind's filled with so many thoughts that are just not right and not healthy. Yeah. And for me, it was more of like flash music in a car and then vent out to like a person I trust. So this was at the time was a very close um, neighbor of ours. And I, I started sobbing. I was like sobbing and I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. So I, for me, I've had a lot of struggle with my future and just not having that certainty of what it's going to be like and what, what it's going to, what I'm going to do with myself. And so, uh, and then I heard, I was hearing several comments from other people telling me what to do and that really put me off. And so I, I literally like started sobbing in front of her. And I think that's when you like, when I came to a realization that it wasn't right for me to have these many thoughts and take what everyone is saying with like a grain of salt per se and like um thinking everyone's opinion of me mattered at that point right um i would also like to say that it's um really it's actually pretty difficult for a lot of people to realize that they've reached a point where they actually need to talk about their mental health because most people they suppress it for so long that um it's the symptoms are all there but it's not that like, it's not, it doesn't make them panic at all. Cause it's just day after day is the same thing. Um, it, the symptoms arise, you suppress them, arise like suppressed. So you never really get to feel that, that peak emotion like X squared uh, the second did. And it's just, I think that's really valuable like um, to, to finally, uh, I guess, break down and just let all of your emotions flow because it, it kind of opens your, it does open your mind to what's happening. Yeah, but I think at the same time, that's a bad idea because I've been like cultivating and like suppressing it for so long that it was like a time bomb ready right. to explode. So yeah. I think once you like start getting these thoughts, like immediately react to it. Mm -hmm. um, instead so don't have as big of a explosion as I did but definitely do vent out to someone you can trust right and I yeah I think that's one way to like really get yeah. like mm -hmm. yeah relieve like the steam and yeah, I think that's maybe it. sorry go ahead I think that's maybe one thing I know in my view adults don't quite get because I remember at, at our school um they do have an area where they're like, you know, counselors were here to talk. And my thought is, I don't want to talk to you. Like, it's, I, it's not, it's not, they're bad people. 
it's just that it is so much more awkward and like uncomfortable talking with an adult, even if they are a licensed professional, rather than talking with a friend, somebody, you know, you know, somebody who you can seek comfort in. That in itself is just so much better. I've, I know I've spent nights in my room talking to nobody. <laughs> just I'm just alone in my room crying. And that is so much better than just talking to an adult because in a sense, it's like, you don't understand. How yeah. can you understand what I'm going through? And adding on to that, I feel like I especially have, I have this strong sense of like, people are going to judge me for what I say. So I have to like think through everything I say and like think prior conversations, oh everything. Yeah. Like when I go on phone calls, it's uh, yeah, I'm just like, I plan the whole call before I say it. And so like trying to reveal my deep, dark, I guess, secrets per se to a person I've barely met and who's way older than me and has no experience with what I'm going through or maybe has had experience, but not in this day and time. Like, it's so much more easier for me to communicate with people my age because I know that they're going to, through the exact same thing at the exact same moment. Whereas counselors, yeah, they've been through it, but they're through it. They've, they're done with it. And each of us are different. Like, maybe their methods won't work for me. But when a friend is also figuring it out, it's like more of like, we figure it out together. Like, I'm suffering, you're suffering. Let's like suffer together, I guess, in a way. Let's like deal with it together and get past it together. And I think that's why I'm not, it's not as easy for me to reach out to an adult person. Yeah, Yeah, for me too. Like reaching out to adult is always like, if like tiptoe, you should only tell them like, it's like in your mind, you're like, I only have to tell them how much, you know, they can help me with. But then there's so many things that you're not telling them. And then when you don't tell them stuff, it's like, I know I'm going through a lot, but like, I can't talk to you and I don't know what to do. And I have to do, I know I have to do something, but like, it kind of feels hopeless doing anything. Cause like, even if you help me, like, how would I know if I'm getting better kind of thing? So have you guys like gone through similar things? And like, what do you do to like, you know, realize, oh, you know, like I have to actually do something about it and not sit and like, you know, think too much. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, that happened to me. Like, you know, I had one point um, in my mental health journey where I, every single day was like a pain to just get up and I don't know, get ready. Cause then like you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, it's, it's so hard. It's like, I don't want to look, just don't look at yourself. Just one, one day, don't do it. And, and if you don't do it, then you won't be able to get that nasty thought in your mind. But it's so, it's so difficult. You're like, okay, just, just, just one look, just, and then, and then you look and you're like completely drawn in into the evil. And I guess that's when you know that you really need someone else, like a friend, or I wouldn't even say a family member. Cause it's kind of embarrassing for me, at least, to be able to talk to my family about it, um, especially since, I guess, sometimes I put up like a shield in front of everyone. I act all like tough and and mighty, and I don't know. And my that's mainly what my family sees, but deep down they don't know how much I've got going on, and I really don't want to like 
make myself feel weak and make my make myself look weak in front of them because everyone I don't know everyone wants to like look stronger than they actually are um but it's all a point of like finally accepting that it's okay to cry it's okay to feel bad about yourself to feel weak because that's just being human another point I want to say like you as Coco said you were t talking about how you have like this other image almost in front of your parents mm -hmm. and I feel like once I do like break that shield and like confront them and talk to them I feel like I won't get the reply I want and it's gonna be a reply that's like super like a one sentence reply uh non-meaningful like my parents do care about me like I mean I guess all of our parents care about us right and it's just they grew up in a generation generation that's way different from ours like they didn't have social media bugging them. They didn't have um, COVID bugging them in any way. They didn't have all these like high expectations from people that, from society and they didn't have like AP exams to worry about and all of that. So th their, their um, feedback or their reply to you is based of what they've, they've faced. So in that way, I'm not getting the most uh, helpful per se reply and when they give me those one-liners it just makes me feel even worse like oh it, it gets better I'm like but when like mm -hmm. does it ever and what do I have to do for it to so. yeah I squared the second you mentioned how like the response you get isn't going to be what you want or like what you expect and I I dealt with that I was going through a bit of kind of depressive feelings and I told my parental figure and my parental figure's response was okay, what can we do to fix this? And that, even though her, you know, my parental figure's intentions were good, and I now understand why she said it, the wording just made me feel so much worse about myself. And of course, I gave her an answer because I didn't want to say, you know, nothing. Because obviously, if I'm feeling like I'm depressed, there is something I can do about it. But I think more importantly, is just get opening the platform and saying you know I am here I'm here to talk so I guess in your opinion Coco what are the kind of words or language that we should be using to talk about mental health um there's a lot of stigma around um like like you said what should should we say to me I don't think there's really um a set like guideline, a set like couple a system to what we should say, what's like appropriate or um, the best way to put things. Cause everyone has their own way to say things. Everyone has their own way of um, talking to people. But for me, um, how I would bring this up, how I would talk to my parents or any other person about it would just be telling them first off, I don't need your pity. <laughs> that's a big thing pity doesn't really help me pity yeah pity doesn't help at all um so yeah first I I really appreciate you know you being empathetic and I I yeah I just don't I don't want your pity I what, what I want you to do is to listen to me and try to understand uh how you would feel if you were in my shoes and what you would want other people, what you want other people to help you with and how you want them to help you. Um, and once they like get into your position and once they understand, 
um, I think that sets them, that gives them like a good idea of how they can help you. And like all of, a lot of the time, they don't, they still don't know how to help you, which is fine because, um, I mean, you can't just plant, like you just can't make someone do something that they've never faced or challenged, be uh, experienced before. But at least if they get to the point where they, kind of understand what you're going through and they know what you were looking for then maybe they can help you in their own ways um but yeah i think the best way that i've ever found like to talk to someone was to talk to mainly just a friend um and someone who like a teenager like one of you guys one of my peers because every single teenager is going through something that's uh tough i mean i don't think there's one teenager out here who is completely stress-free, who has perfect mental health. There's no one out there. So anyone you choose to talk to is, is a good enough candidate, in my opinion. And they'll, they'll be the ones to actually help you, I feel. If there was a perfect teenager that didn't have any problems like this, please reach out. <laughs> I really, I, it's, it's not even like a joke. I really want to understand where you come from. Because, I mean, yeah, but is that perfectness a facade? Is that yeah. a way to hide the actual fear because if it is that's not healthy I'm, I'm sorry like how much ever you hide it it's always going to be there it's never gone right so I mean but if you don't have any please I want some tips I want some hacks I guess as to how so please confirm that you are not of alien origin yeah that too yeah blood samples will be taken <laughs> thank you Oof, extreme. <laughs> so let's move on. Um, I think, yeah, this question strikes me. It's what is something that worries you about the future of our society um, based on how um, mental health awareness is happening right now and how it's being publicized in a way? It's definitely out, out more and it's, everyone's learning more about it and schools are implementing more mm. of it as a part of their curriculum so do you think it's going to get better do you think we're going to be able to reach a phase where we do actually get teenagers that don't face as big mental health issues or even if they do they're they're able to talk to people about it so that's a really good question and um I think that yeah with everything like about mental health being publicized and about school awareness and stuff like that. I think that's great, but that's that's not gonna help in my opinion because students will only fix their mental health, will only like face it if they want to, if they're willing to. And just because, you know, people put things out like, oh, um, mental health awareness week, learn about it, right? learning about it is great. Maybe it'll help some people, but for me, the only way that I know that I will actually fix my mental health is if I want to. And most of the times, like I said, I'm still too, I'm either too busy to care about it because of all the schoolwork or I don't, I don't want to feel the pain of it. Right. And so I think that the only thing that's really going to help our society in the future with mental health is forcing people to face it and that might sound brutal but it's just like with with everything going on right now with like um uh black lives matter and like asian lives matter and stuff like that 
the uh a lot of people like whenever I bring it up a lot of people are always talking about oh I don't want to talk about this right like can we talk about something else something happier or something and I think that's really really eye-opening because a lot of people are so uncomfortable with just hearing about these things not even talking just listening to other people talk about it and so how else are they going to face their fears if they won't even if they won't even get uncomfortable with it so I think just facing it up front, being uncomfortable with your fears is the only way that we're ever going to move past them. Okay, uh, so as Coco was saying, um, it's not easy to help um, make mental health more aware and more public if students or children aren't willing to accept um, that they're mentally struggling. And so a question just popped up is what's the main source of their struggle like if it's students or teenagers in general facing it what's what's the reason that's causing them in particular this age group in particular too and I think one of the main reasons and I think all of you can agree is school mm-hmm. and yeah. expectations and um, how it <laughs> these um, years of your life decide who you will be and who you won't be in the future so yep. yeah that yeah that's the biggest part for me mm-hmm. so, let's uh, talk more about school and how you just voiced like all my fears in yeah, one sentence i know i had a hard time saying <laughs> but i mean it's the truth it's the reality of everything right mm-hmm. and yeah school we don't want to talk about it yeah (laughs) no do you want me to say anything um adding on to that go ahead yeah okay i just pushed out an opinion of mine so okay um but yeah adding on to what uh x squared the second said um school is legit the biggest part takes up my entire life these days um as it probably does most students and it sucks. It really sucks. Like, come on, I'm a high schooler. High school is all about the experiences. It's making friends, enjoying the parties, which obviously because of COVID are not happening. But regardless of that, there are still like certain things about high school that, you know, shouldn't be missed just because of school and like, God, I mean, college board, are you kidding me with the AP testing stuff? Do do they just want to like, are they like some kind of evil masterminding group or something? Because they just keep adding on like the hardest things ever. And um, I'm just like ranting at this point, but- I know, that's, that's what our podcast yeah. is about. Yes. Yeah, I just like, I literally, every single second of my day is um, <clears throat> like taken up by school, homework, studying. At this point, I'm literally just a robot. I wake up, I go to school, mm-hmm. I do my homework, I, I eat, and then I sleep, and I do it all over again. Every single day is the same, and there's no variation at all because of school, <clears throat> and all, it's just everything you do in high school will impact your future. That mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. Why am I trying so hard at school? Why is school such a big deal for me? Because I'm afraid to death about how I'm going to turn out in the future, if I'm going to get my dream job, if I'm going to make enough money to support myself. I don't want to be a hobo. I don't want to be a homeless man. I can't. Literally. And, and it's 
all have to do with the way we're brought, brought up, right? Everyone is brought up saying, okay, you need to work hard so you can make money. So you can live like, live like, uh, well, and, and you don't, you don't want to be like that person over there, you know, working at McDonald's or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that scares you. That puts some fear in your mind and it goes up with you the entire, like literally your entire, um, childhood to teenhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that fear is a good fear. Mm-hmm. It's especially being, I, I was told, told that in middle school, that is not a good age at like 12 years old to be told, hey, guess what? Everything from this point on is going to determine like your 20s and 30s. That stresses me out so much. Mm-hmm. I guess that also, it's like when our parents say this to us um, or not even parents, we like, school says it all the time and it's like you have you're not human anymore you don't have the uh, ability to have flaws and if you do you're gonna be looked down on for the rest of your life they portray it in such a way I'm not even being like I'm not exaggerating I feel like every test every quiz every assignment I do if I don't give my hundred percent and if I slack off it's really going to leave an impact. And I don't think that's true in any sense. Like who is going to take their time to scan through every single assignment I did my sophomore year? It's like, that's not realistic. And, but then everyone tells you like, if you don't do well in school now, you're going to struggle in college. I'm like, but isn't there more to school than education? Like School's about socializing. School's about making friends. School's about um, learning about the world that you're going into. So why take away from all of that, which is not in the sense way more important than education, but definitely like a necessity um, with education. And I think they're, they're really like hiding that. And I think it's better to be shown than hidden. And that bothers me. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, I remember once, like, my parent was asking my sister, like, oh, you know, what do you want to grow up and be? And my sister, her answer was so good. She was like, okay, so now I study and I become something. Is that the end of my life? Like, don't, isn't there more to life than just, like, becoming something? What if I want to do more after it? Can I not? So I was like, wow, stunned, honestly, like, that's gonna be like my new outlook on studying. Like yeah. your whole life doesn't depend on it. Come on, people do wonders without studying. It's fine if you don't for like a day. Yeah, I remember being asked that as a kid too. Like in a fifth grade or like sixth grade, my dad asking me, and I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. And he goes, and I say, I guess writing, because I was a kid. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And he just goes, then you should enter writing contests. I go, okay, didn't do it, but still felt that pressure. Mm-hmm. I feel like just, you know, saying saying the word, what do you want to become? It's like, I don't know, a rocket scientist? What, <laughs> what do you expect me to say? Yeah. And that's the thing, again, they, they expect an answer. Like they expect like this already pre, they already have like this pre- um, I don't know, written answer in their mind of what you're supposed to be or what they think you're supposed to be doing. So if you have a weird or a different answer, 
they kind of give you that weird look and they're like, hmm, interesting. Because I, for the longest time, wanted to do um, stuff in the arts, just like arts, like creative things. Um, now my, my outlook on that has changed and not because of outside views, just my personal view. Um, but I definitely wanted to get into creative field and not nothing to do with education per se. Like it was all about on the spot thinking and all of that. And, and when I told this to like people that asked me this question, these are like relatives of mine that I've never met once I met in some wedding or randomly somehow met them in some get together or something. Or when um, they held you when you were three. Right. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you've grown up so much. Oh, you, you were this small. Now you're this big. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what do you want to become? And then, then I'm like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and it's like, oh. And so it's like, I give a way more generalized answer. I'm like, I definitely want to major in this. I, and I don't specify my answer because I'm scared. They're going to be like, that's not good enough. You're way better than that. You, you have the resources. Why aren't you using them? Yeah. Like, yeah oh my god mm-hmm. especially the resources that that's something my parents like push on me all the time when I'm stressing out when I'm like guys I don't know I don't know what I'm doing anymore like I don't want to try anymore and they're like do you know when I was your age I had like literally no internet I had to walk like five miles just to get to school <laughs> So and <laughs> you see me now, I accomplished so much and I didn't have like even, I didn't even have like 5% the amount of resources you have now. Everything's at your fingertips. You can search everything up. You can ask anyone. I mean, come on. If I were you back then, I would want to study so much. I would love learning and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's, that's a good point. And then I start feeling all guilty about myself again. So it's a circle. Mm-hmm. But like me, like listening to that, I'm like, that's not a good point. Because if you were in our shoes, you'd be facing the exact same problem. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Like, Dude, come on. Like, yeah, we have everything at our fingertips. But that's the problem. We have everything at our fingertips. Like we have all the wrong information at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. We have all these bad, sad, scammy um, things at our fingertips that we don't know if it's right to go towards. And sometimes we do get pulled into these things. And they lead to bad things and we end up falling into a deeper pothole than we were before and so point yeah yeah. Yeah. so even though we have resources we're not able to use them because there are resources that aren't as trustworthy as others and I don't think that's something or uh, generations before us can't wrap their head around they're like you have the internet at your disposal but then they don't understand their social media is part of the internet yeah yeah everyone gets to say whatever the hell they want to say on social media there's no filter there and so how do I filter that and nobody teaches me that I mean I've never learned how to take in bad information and analyze it so that it's I know it's bad yeah I think kind of reverting back a bit to the um, point Coco you made about that whole comparison kind of thing earlier for any listeners out there who have an older sibling there is an added pressure because so my sister is years older than me, like seven years older than me. And so when she went to college, I was in fifth grade. So when people would come over to our house for parties, I would talk with them and they'd just go, you know, so your sister's going to college, are you going to miss her? I'm going to go, yeah. And then they go, so are you going to, you know, do the same thing she's going to do when you're in college? 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm 10. <laughs> and maybe I don't want to. Is that bad? I would just say yes to stop talking to those people. Because if I say no, then they're going to be like, oh, so then what are you interested in? And I don't want to answer that question. So it's kind of like this added pressure, even like being compared to kids in your neighborhood. That is another added pressure that I think we have to get rid of in a sense, because it's not good. Yeah, exactly. Um, going back to like Exqua the second saying things about like resources, I would also like to say that since there is so much internet as our, at our disposal and there are so many resources, much of the resources like contradict each other. So that just leaves us in more uncertainty than like before we started. So it's not really helpful. Okay, I have this weird thing that I want to try. But if once like we're in the age of our parents, so we're in our like late 40s, early 40s, late 30s, um, you know how we're going to have younger people that not look up to us, but to get into conversation, we talk about school, we talk about all the stuff we are used to hearing and questions diverted towards us. So instead of all these like questions that really bother us, like, what do you want to do? What are your interests? All that. What, what would you ask to engage in a conversation with a teenager at the time we're adults, so-called adults? Any thoughts? Wow, that's a tough question. Um, I think, well, yeah, actually that's, that's a pretty good question because we have all experienced what it's like to be a teenager in this really stressful society that um, uh, I feel like it would be a lot easier for us to kind of divert the subject into, oh, like, what do you actually like to do? Or mm -hmm. Um, just anything that's not school related or future related, like, um, tell me about your hobbies. And even that, even that I'm quite that that question I just put out there, that can still have some stress added on to it. Like, oh, are they supposed to like, expect me to be into like reading all the time? Or mm -hmm. um, I don't know, am I supposed to be volunteering? Right? Mm -hmm. So it's really, at this point, you can connect school stress to every question I feel. So it's gonna be tough. I think one personal like one question I personally would love if people ask me more is just how's um how's like your social life in general or just like how are you doing without school? How are you doing um leave school and if and if you know them and if you're familiar with them and you know that they're doing classes like I take a, I, I have a bunch of classes that I'm will, I'm willingly doing that I'm passionate about and I'm doing. And so if you know them personally, like ask them about those small things. And I think that just shows that you care about them way more because you remember those things. And I think those are like ways where I personally as a teenager would be way more engaged with you if you ask me things that interest me. Like if people ask me um, about art at the time I was really into art like oh what new paintings did you draw paint or what new drawings did you draw I think I'd I'd be I'd love the adult starting off so I'd be way more open to be like um if they ask me well what do you want to do in your future I'll be like I have no idea because I know that they they appreciate me for me and they um appreciate my hobbies and my extracurriculars so they won't have that 
I guess, stereotypical opinion that she doesn't know what to do with herself. She's kind of ways. She has um, no future ahead of her. I think that's one question. Yeah. For me, like thinking about um, X Square the Second's question, I actually realized something that my cousin does a lot that like till now I kind of found it like annoying. But then he's always like, oh, you know, if you ever need to talk to someone, like I'm always here kind of thing. And it's just like, at least there is someone who's like I can depend on, you know, like someone I can open up to, which is like really nice. And then what he also does is like, he tells me stuff that he did. So it's like, oh, like you did that too? Oh, I do that too. So he was like, once he was like, oh, you know, like I didn't turn my assignment in time. Like I procrastinated so much. And I was like, I do that too. So it's like, you know, it's not talking about like school and stuff. And it's like, oh, we're getting to know each other more. So like, I feel it's more comfortable for me when the other person also talks about themselves you know so it's like oh you do that too so we can like find common ground yeah so like relating to your problems in a way instead of like just surpassing them mm-hmm. like yeah i understand your pain yeah i think for me kind of relating to x squared the third response is maybe just tell a funny story we all love a good funny story of either somebody embarrasses themselves or it's like a joke in the class And that in itself, you know, I'm going to laugh at that. The person who's telling it is going to laugh at that. And then I might respond with, or the person I'm talking to might respond with a funny story. And then we both laugh. Mm -hmm. And then you can try and transition into maybe questions. But I think just starting off with the, just with a joke or a laugh is easily sets up the conversation to flow better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think... Um, we're gonna maybe we should transition to the dreaded topic of AP testing. Oh no! Yeah, we are sorry to do this to you, Coco. <laughs> it's fun, you know. I gotta face it up front. Yes. Yeah. So I have beef with College Board, and I think we can make another episode on that. We episode can do another yes. whole episode on that. Coco, and Coco, can we can invite you back. Can... Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna talk about like. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just, just a reminder, we don't, okay, I actually, I do hate college board, I'm sorry. I can't put it in any light way. I don't like college board. Yeah. No. Here's the thing. College board is, I, I tend to think of it like a mafia boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It rules everything. It can take you out in a second. <laughs> it really can. So, um, one of the questions we wrote down. Oh, wait, for the people who don't know, if they're coming from uh, like, international yes. and international listeners there are any um college board is basically a private organization that listed as a nonprofit. listed as a nonprofit that um sets has um testing um that you can take if you're doing any advanced placement classes yeah. which are basically, basically college classes. courses yeah these are yeah. college courses and these tests are basically um looked at by colleges and they assess how well you would be doing in a college. And so they base your um, admission chances off of a bunch yeah. of AP tests, especially now, like news, like right now, AP tests are gonna be way more weighted than um, ACTs, was it? Or SATs, one of them. SATs, SATs. Yes. SATs. Because yeah. they're removing um, the essay question from the SATs. Mm-hmm. And 
stuff NCAT like that. colleges are like stopping. Yeah, so the UC system um, does not count SATs anymore. So students can still do it, but they don't um, look at it as a part of the application, really. It's not considered very greatly. Um, again, there, another fact, AP tests are score-based. So it's a score from one to five. Um, they're insanely hard. They are stressed all year. And as a high school student going into junior year, we will all take about four <laughs> advanced college courses. Woohoo. Yikes. Uh, no, I, <laughs> now I'm like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? It's okay, okay. we'll struggle through, through it together. Yes. Yes. We're all good. in the same boat, dying. So one of the questions we are done was, what are some concerns you have about either your own mental health or the mental health of everybody around you as AP testing is coming up, especially with May coming up really, really soon? Yeah, I just want to like wish everyone good luck because I mean, that's honestly all I can, I can do right now. Right now I'm kind of in this like, how do you say? I'm, I'm kind of freaking out internally. Mm -hmm. Like I'm screaming on the inside. And I assume everyone else is feeling the exact same way. And so um, I really hope that everyone can push through um, and try to maintain a positive attitude throughout AP testing because I, AP testing has so much like bad energy around it, which it deserves. But I mean, the only way we can counteract that is with positive thoughts and so I'm just trying to like keep my my head up like okay you you've been working hard this entire year and although this tapey test is going to be kind of like summing up all of your hard work if you tried if you if you studied if you tried your best and you didn't get the best if you're if you didn't get the best grade it doesn't matter because you tried your hardest. And a lot of times that's my, what my parents tell me and I don't believe them. I'm like, no, trying doesn't matter. Only the grade matters. But that's what I really have to think of right now. Like the, I really have to think of the opposite right now, um, especially with this being, I think, is this like all of our first AP testing? Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, this is all of our first APs. It's our first time trying anything close to AP testing because we've never done something um, specified towards one subject yeah. and it being considered like college level. So it's, it's definitely a new concept for all of us. And I think that's another reason why we're, I think there's added on stress. Yeah. It's just, we don't know what we're getting into, right? Like we've heard about it. We've like seen like mock tests and stuff, but we, we don't know the real deal until the day of and getting into that. Like, so I, even though I prepare, uh, a month two months for it I really don't know what I'm getting myself into and with COVID it's all online so it's not gonna be like the actual test so it's like I don't know yeah a bit of a preface so um, all of us are taking AP world history this year and so the AP world test date was moved to the first week of June online and those of you listening may think oh great more time to study no this just means our summer, our school doesn't end on May 29th, it ends June 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> our summer doesn't start for like another four days. Mm -hmm. But in a way, I'm grateful. Like me, knowing me, I, I, I will do stuff with that month, that yeah. extra month. It, I think it's, it's necessary for me. Like, yeah, it's sad that 
it went over school um like ending per se but i can use it i will take up all the free days to study yeah yeah. So. Yes, but I, I know I'm going to be waking up the first of June and thinking, oh, yay, summer. And then I look to my desk and just go, nope. <laughs> and then there's an added pressure that we also have finals to worry about, which are like a diluted version of AP testing. Um, but it, nonetheless, I like that word, like, diluted version. <laughs> it's just, it's not as stressful, I admit, but there's still like that whole like stress about balancing studying mm. for APs with finals, especially since finals come before APs. And so I feel this need to like study extensively on AP testing, but then where does that leave my finals, you know? So, yeah. I think that's another thing, like finals for me, I thought they like AP classes wouldn't have finals for at least semester two, just because mm. we have the AP test. And like, it, it makes no sense because you're having a test after a test. But yeah. then I realized that technically, if we were doing like normal AP testing, the AP test is way before the finals, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And again, that makes no sense to me because once we're done with the AP test, why do we even give a second thought on exactly. finals? Yeah. So it's like, ugh. Yeah, some AP tests are May 20th. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay, for those of you listening who are doing AP tests, well, we can't, you know, assure you saying it doesn't matter. It does matter. But guess what? This sounds a lot like an ad, but bear with me. Google says about 60%, 65% or higher pass most of the AP exams. So be in that 65%, y'all. You can be in the D. Be a D range. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, we might be, we might be exaggerating a little just because yeah. we don't know what it's going to be like, right? We have no yeah. idea. What we've heard is it's a scary test and we look at it like as if it's a monster coming to eat us alive. Um, and yeah, there's not much to say about it. It's just that's the main concern for yes. all of us right now. Yes. And it's been running through our minds since the beginning of the year since we decided that we were all going to do AP uh, World. And next year we're planning to, we're all planning to do several APs. Um, and I wish us the best. And if we do die, um, may we rest in peace. Yes, for all, for those of you all taking AP tests, we will keep you in our prayers. Yes, yes. Stay we safe. sympathize. We can relate, we sympathize. <laughs> we are sorry for you. And yes. we hope you enjoy, at least enjoy the AP you're doing. At least a little. Like the subject. <laughs> The subject, not the AP, the subject. Like, if you enjoy history and you're doing world history, please, like, enjoy history of it. Don't enjoy it. Don't worry about the AP part of it. I think that's a good mindset. Yeah, at least until the, the day of the test. <laughs> then you can worry. Well, if you're interested, you're, you're willing to put time studying. <laughs> like, I, I think I'd put way more effort into my science APs than I would. Mm -hmm. my math AP yeah okay so I, th I think we should end on a positive note yes. <laughs> let's cheerful guys come on we can all do it so Sadie what I is your in all of you <laughs> great because I don't um believe in me at least I believe in all of you yeah. don't believe in myself though we'll divide up the book the belief just <laughs> ration it out let okay. me get some of that belief
So Coco, what is your favorite type of music to listen to, whether you are studying or realize you need to escape from the um, okay world that is life? And just pre-context, sorry. Um, Why we ask this question is because I think for all of us, music is such a big part of our um, lives. And I think it's very connected to mental health because whenever, at least whenever, I I don't want to speak for all of you, but whenever I'm down, I listen to music. Whenever I'm super hyped up, I'm listening to music. And so it's just been such a big journey and um, part of the journey that I think it's a valid question to ask. Yes. Like, let me rephrase the question in a way. What's your favorite music to listen to when you're down? And what's your favorite music to listen to when you're hyped up? Yes. Okay. Um, Honestly, I listen to the same music regardless of the situation because, I mean, there's a reason why I listen to it. And I can play you like a short clip of what I'm currently listening to right now, 24-7, stuck in my head right now because... And it's, it's, it's an extremely happy song. So I will play it on my phone right now. See if you recognize it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm listening because um, it makes me happy, and I think that's really important. Yeah, music is such a big deal, you know. So it's it's crazy how much you can change your attitude. Mm-hmm. It's drugs without doing drugs. Yes, we love the musical escapism. Yes, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> don't do drugs. Yeah, we'll we'll end off on that note. Please don't refrain. Do drugs, um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was our mental health episode. Just a recap. We talked about um, mental health, what it is to each of us, um, how it's affected us and how we've learned or how we've coped and how our future is looking with mental health and yes. how students in the future hopefully will have a better understanding and awareness towards mental health and not face as much problems as we do with it. And we talked about college board and um, generations prior to us and their input on mental health and just our opinions on mental health and Coco thank you for being our special guest for this week this episode Uh, and do you want to say any final words uh, this was so so fun um if like if any of you guys are thinking about coming onto this podcast, you have to do it. It's so fun. It's like, it's just really good to get all of your stress and your thoughts out there, to hear yourself say them, to hear other people's input. That's the best medicine, like legit the best. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was such a great opportunity. Yes, we will link Coco's podcast. You should definitely go listen to that as well if you are looking to dive deeper into mental health or you want to just listen because she also does really great talks. Do you want to talk about your podcast for like the last few seconds? Sure, thank you. Um, yeah, I just um, like a very mental health-based podcast. I invite people who want to share their experiences with mental health, be it like literally any topic they, they want. It's just a good way for them to rant, I guess. Some people have like gone to the point where they've begun like crying because it's really it's just so crazy to hear yourself um 
you know, actually face your fear. So if you want to, you know, think about coming on to my podcast, um, please do. Like, I'd be so happy to have you. And so just an ending thought, don't do drugs and um, listen to music. College board sucks and listen to music. <laughs> we have you in our prayers. Yes. And we have you in our prayers. We always think about you and we sympathize and mental health is just a phrase and we can get through it together. Yes. And having mental health is good. Yes. Fighting. Being aware of it is even better. Yes. Awesome. Done. Thanks for coming on. Hey, okay. Cut. Okay. That's it for this up. And of course, since anything and everything is in the gray area. Our next stop will be. Thank you for listening. We'd appreciate it if you would follow and email us if you want. It's in the description. Signing off. X squared the first. X squared the second. And X squared the third. Bye. Bye. Music.